0: We are a group of friends, bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns.
1: Hello, hello, welcome again to the Union of the Unknowns, great to have your ears on, on us. And uh, today was just little old me, Stella Q, um, coming to you with uh, a very special guest from our cross-pollination pods. <laughs> uh, we often uh, join up with Easy Peasy Podcast, w- WTF Forum, and uh, one of the crew there is a uh, friend, Bear Snare, that we have... Uh, found post the apocalypse of 2020 and uh, very glad we did. G'day Bear, thanks for joining us.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me Stella Q. <laughs> I'm happy to be on the Union of the Unknowns.
1: Yeah, w- well overdue. Um, you were, you very kindly had me on your show quite a while back now and um, that was uh, that was awesome to, to meet you and talk one-on-one about many, many things. Yeah. Which we will be doing here today as well. And uh, let me just say as well, I, I really appreciated that you reached out there because uh, you and OG Dad Bod and uh, Mike as well reached out. Um, I happened to express a, a personal thing that I went through um, that was quite harrowing, and uh, y- you know it was just really sweet. I, I really didn't expect it, but you guys just reached out and said, "Hey, yeah, hey, come on on the show." It was just it was just your ways of, of just going, "Hey, here's a hug," basically, I think, which was really nice, and uh, that's how I saw it anyway um so yeah thanks for that
0: (laughs) yeah well you know in in some ways that's how it was meant and also I had heard your interview with Mike on his show and you guys had had an awesome conversation on there um and that was just like wow I gotta I gotta talk to this person on my show too (laughs) you know He his dog had uh, run away or something, and you guys <laughs> prayed, and it was just like there. There were some really interesting things there. So you're an interesting person, and um, <laughs> and yeah, we've. I mean, we've got a lot of uh, interests in common too. So
1: we definitely do, and we're going to talk about that over the next hour or so. And uh, let me just ask, ask, without you doxing yourself, what part of the country of the United States of America are you coming to us from?
0: I'm in. Mean, Eastern Pennsylvania.
1: Right. Okay. So for the geographically retarded like myself, that's north, is it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> is, is east north? <laughs> east north. Okay. That's that narrows it down enough. <laughs> um, no, I'm like between like Philly, Allentown, Reading, those kind of areas. Um, Harrisburg's not too far from here, so Harrisburg's more like mid-state. I'm east of there.
1: Okay, so are you in a fairly rural, regional, or suburban kind of setup?
0: I live in town. I live in a in a small town. Um, and my wife and I have a half-acre homestead, which is a big plot in a small town, <laughs> mm, um, on which we try to do some uh, homesteading kind of stuff, yeah. you know? We have chickens and quail and a nice, awesome garden and all that composts.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Chickens. I mean, it's sort of mandatory to have chickens these days, isn't it? (laughs) Really,
0: They're they're a recent addition to our place, but, um, they're wonderful. We like them a lot. They're, they're fun. (laughs) I know
1: I love chickens and I really miss my chickens. So I can't wait to have some more. I have to wait for a, um, certain, certain mammal that lives next door, which is, um, would love to munch on things like that, so without some sort of a, I don't know, cage over the top or something, I have to be careful. I've got a lot of birds of is, prey around here too. Is, so. is that a cat? No, it's a very large dog that every time I'm gardening out there, it, has, it takes great joy in creeping up and charging at the fence to the point where the whole fence shakes, and if it broke through the fence, I'd be a goner, so that's wow. fun. <laughs> I don't think it's probably a good uh, atmosphere for Chookies.
0: Sounds like a good neighbor.
1: She is actually a good neighbor. It's just a dog isn't. <laughs> it
0: survived <laughs> two snake, snake
1: bites. So it's like, come on, wow, poke, poke. Wow. Anyway, that's <laughs> another story. Iron dog. So, yeah. Yeah. One of those bull terrier-y. Uh, I mean, I I love bull terriers. I've had quite a number of bull terriers, but um, this in particular one is a bit psycho. So anyway, that's what you get. So what got you into what got you uh, into quails that's that's an interesting little thing to have what's what's the attraction with quails or what what do you do with a quail
0: <laughs> You know that's that's a a good question because um they're very small birds with small eggs and they don't provide much meat But um I guess my wife has started making these red beet eggs which is like a pickled egg with beets so they turn red oh. um and that's a good way to do it. Um, we got into them because my sister has been doing them for a number of years. And so since they've been doing it, it seemed like a nice, easy thing to do in town. I think yeah, I think right. we, we've been searching for kinds of um, livestock that we can raise in town. And quail is a really easy first go at that. You know, it's like quail, rabbits. If you're feeling up to it chickens then you know so that's why we got chickens more recently is because that's like a level up as far as maybe obnoxiousness to the neighbors and stuff like that (laughs) that's the thing isn't
1: it even even just the female chooks can be a little bit on the noisy side
0: yeah yeah with the chickens for sure um and we did have some rooster quail at the beginning and we kind of had to eat them because they (laughs) were too loud to just let crow out there for they were waking us up at 4 30 in the morning so that was that was kind of a no go in some ways
1: i had no idea that quail crowed what do they sound like
0: um they sound sort of like a songbird i'm not gonna embarrass myself by trying to imitate one right (laughs) now but um i'll look it up it's (laughs) uh it's like a chortling um call but it's it's all kind of one note um and very, very clear and sort of uh, middle frequency, like not super high like a songbird. Okay. Um, maybe around the 1K sort of mark? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe higher than that, but yeah. Right. Somewhere in there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I, I actually had a quail egg for the very first time, I think it was last year. I'd never never actually eaten one. They sell them at their local markets, little dozen quail. These cute little yeah. <laughs> quail things. Yeah. It's very, very sweet. I mean, not sweet flavor, but it's very cute. <laughs> like right. Cracker and fry a little quail egg. <laughs> like, well, don't be too How did you
0: manage to crack it? Did you, did you use some kind of special scissors or anything, or did you just kind of break it open?
1: Yeah, I just did the break, man. Just
0: went for yeah. it. Yeah, they're they're tough with that. You get a lot of shells in your fried <laughs> eggs if you do it like that. It's, yeah, it's yeah. one of the things that drove us toward like hard boiling them and pickling them.
1: I can see why that makes sense. And oh, pickled eggs are gorgeous. I love them.
0: Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you've experienced that. <laughs> a lot well, of people we, we when actually... I say red beet eggs, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Right, we're well, here.
1: We didn't put beets in them. This is, I'm talking down in Tasmania now when we did have chickens yeah. and that. They were standard chicken eggs. Um, we didn't put beets in them, though. They were just uh, brown vinegar from memory, and I think there was a bit of, oh, I can't remember now, sugar or salt or something in there. But, uh, oh, delicious, except you just, you know, if you eat, they're kind of Moorish, like one, oh, I want another one. Oh, now I want another one, but, you know. Yeah, do pay for it a little later, you know. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, well, the people a bit of gas. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> anyway, let's not open the conversation with that. Um, <laughs> so, what else are you guys doing in a in a prepping sense, or is it is it prepping, or is it just more homesteading? Because there is a difference.
0: Uh, there is a difference, but there's also not. We it's for me, it kind of comes from the same place of being prepared and and trying to be sustainable. Um, you know, I guess I'm a bit of a I I thought I was a hippie for a while until I hung out with some hippies. And <laughs> and just being very disenchanted with all the politics and world leaders and blah blah blah, like I realized that um they're obviously not looking out for me. And mm-hmm. I need to look out for myself. And so um I mean I do hunting and We've got some stores, you know, we, we do some canning, um, stuff like that. Um, I've gotten into Bitcoin. I like, I like hard metals too. Um, and I don't know. So there, I, I'm not very, uh, ambitious toward any one strategy and I'm not ma- super married to any one strategy. I looked into solar panels and getting like the battery walls and stuff like that for a while. And then I mm-hmm. kind of just decided it wasn't worth it you know Mm, um it's a very expensive thing to do isn't it it's very expensive and if you're going for like the lithium ion ones then there's a whole bunch of baggage that comes with that as far as um since i do actually care about the environment like all the Mm. mining that goes on around lithium ions and then or lithium ion batteries i should say the cobalt and everything and <clears throat> and then the fires that they can create. <laughs> yes, so it's, it's
1: very hazardous.
0: Uh, you know, um, so we've kind of been like, okay, we're not going to pursue that strategy, but we'll pursue other strategies. You know, let's try to have some extra water on hand. I don't know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, the most important. Um, how, how are you doing that? Is, is that with tanks storage? How are you managing so the water? I've,
0: i've got a bunch of like five gallon carboys and um totes like juice totes and stuff in the basement with water in them so that's just some extra and then we've got um a little like fish pond kind of thing outside that we it collects rain so basically rain catchment um that we use to water the birds and water the plants and stuff like that um right so fairly decent size then yeah, that that's a hundred gallon. So it's not a lot compared to what a lot of people store as far as water and gallons. Um some people are storing thousands of gallons. I certainly don't have that, but we've got something that we can flush the toilet with or distill or run through a Berkey filter or something like that if we need to, you know.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And are you on town water? Where we on? are, yeah. What's that like?
0: Um <laughs> <laughs> well Seems to vary a lot. So far, the service is pretty good, and I try not to know by having lots of filters in between the water that they supply and me.
1: Yeah, Um,
0: I've got I've got a whole house filter, a three stage kind of thing, and then I've also got a reverse osmosis for drinking water.
1: Right. Okay. And
0: of course, that strips it of minerals, so we got to add them back in. Which is. I was
1: just about to ask you that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how good we are at that, but we use sea salt and um, electrolyte mixes with vitamins and minerals and stuff. So that's kind of what yeah. we do. <laughs> well,
1: it sounds like you've um, pretty much got all avenues covered as far as uh, scenarios. Yeah, I, I love that you didn't you know? go with the, with the solar thing because that's that's so heavily pushed, isn't it? And as you said, just so what an environmental disaster that stuff is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it seemed like it might be a really good idea for a while. And even Mm. still, I'm not entirely opposed to the idea of having solar panels. It's just, I don't want them. I don't want my battery reserve to be something that's going to blow up in my basement or something that's even less sustainable or less economical than um, doing it the old fashioned way with, gas and a generator you know which i mean i also have that so that's another avenue that i'm somewhat prepared like yeah i like i like to take a lot of angles at it but i'm not i'm not super super prepared in any of those angles it's just kind of kind of trying to approach things from a rational grounded what makes sense and what's gonna what what's going to the ridiculous extent kind of thing
1: yeah yep Well, I mean, you've you've sort of got your hands in, well, your eggs in many baskets, which you have to do. So I guess you know that's the, that's the start, and then you just get better and better at everything that you do, don't you? Sort of down the track. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's impossible to cover every possible scenario, isn't it? And really, I mean, if if we set ourselves up with, I don't know, electronic this and power, you've just got to get off the power grid as much as possible. But you know, it just takes one EMP, and there goes a bunch of plans. So yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've am even sort of thought, I wonder if anyone's getting back into the carrier pigeons, you know, probably <laughs> <laughs> kind of makes I, sense, you know,
0: I bet there's something going on, whether it's pigeons or hawks, there's some amazing falconry that people are doing these days mm. with their trained birds. I guess a lot of that's for hunting, but still it could be transitioned maybe.
1: Mm, yeah, well, the Middle Easterners, I mean, that's that's a thing that they do, isn't it? Sort of, they've always got their falcons. It's sort of a sport, I suppose, really, more than anything. It's a maybe huh. a status thing. I'm not really sure, but it's it's very big over in the Middle East. Yeah, having a falcon. Falconry.
0: That's funny. That's that's not something I'm familiar with as part of their culture. Oh,
1: approach. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's... Uh, It's good to have your eggs in many baskets, as I said. So, uh, you and your wife, obviously you're like-minded in what's happening, which is fantastic because unity is absolutely essential in these things. Back each other up. Um, what, what do you, do you work from home or what are you, what do you do to sort of fill in the days?
0: I I have a normal 40 hour a week job. Um, I, I work in manufacturing, but my wife works from home um she has com and an etsy shop by the same name and um what, what was the name of that ginseng like the ginseng. Root, oh ginseng
1: uh, okay yep ginseng alley
0: alley yeah nice and uh what sort of stuff yep. does she do she sells a lot of uh laser cut um ornaments and she also does a lot of graphic design stuff she uh she's Sells patterns on spoonflower and stuff. Um, yes. and we've done a bunch of other laser cut type projects, um, ornaments and uh, wall hangings and stuff. Um, but yeah, so she's she's like an artist and a painter, really. And that's like she's done a lot of website design and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. but she doesn't like doing the back end of websites and that and and working with customers as much so so she's really trying to find her own way of uh of making her own arts yeah and crafts and and not having to deal with customers too much for like custom work
1: <laughs> As a graphic designer who also does websites and things I can 100% relate
0: <laughs> so Right it's... I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> Yeah
1: No yeah. uh, good on her yeah so it's it's about being sort of more autonomous which is um definitely the word for the new millennium i believe
0: yeah well uh this is her busy time of year doing ornaments a, mm. a lot of it gets ordered around christmas so we had the conversation of can can she use the laser cutter upstairs or can i do a podcast upstairs
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, okay yeah so that's like a cnc type thing
0: yeah it's it's pretty similar yeah um it's it's smaller than like a big CNC, but yeah. uh yeah, it, it it uses cams and stuff like that. So yeah, it's pretty similar.
1: Very cool. Yeah, very nice. And she obviously enjoys that, so
0: Yeah, Crazy yeah. It. I mean, It wood is a cool medium to work with because it's not mm. just like plastic or metal. It's like it's actually something organic that yeah. um so it's it's neat to be able to make a product out of that as opposed to some of the other things that graphic designers can make products out of.
1: Yeah, I totally relate to that. Um, I, I have done a little bit of wood burning like many years ago and, and I absolutely plan to get back into that because I really, really enjoy yep, working with wood and smelling the burning wood and all that sort of thing. And yes, it can get extremely wearing sitting in front of a computer doing that sort of stuff. It's sort of like, oh, I just want to, you know, you're sitting there doing these things for clients and you're looking outside at the beautiful day and just going, "Dang it." Oh <laughs> you know? yeah, that's Oh man. I'm on a that's... deadline. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a rough one. Yeah. I know what you mean.
1: Mm. So you got a pretty good garden going there. Uh what you've got a few vegetable patches and things like that or how are you go yeah, with we've, that?
0: Yeah, we've got somewhere in the teens of raised beds and that um sort of changes year to year. It's generally increased, but um, I also took out a couple to put in a greenhouse and now we're saving a couple cause some of the wooden ones are deteriorating. So we're gonna replace them with metal ones that we already have and that kind of thing. Right. But um, we really have great soil here in Pennsylvania and a great climate for growing stuff. Um, so even though I've bought enriched soil to put in the raised beds, it's like that's sort of a nicety for mowing and it makes it easy and all that Mm -hmm. like it's good to have the raised beds as far as uh quality of life goes on our level um but yeah we could plant stuff right in the ground too (laughs) Mm -hmm. um what a luxury (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's one of the blessings of being in this crazy state (laughs) um There, the rose
1: beds definitely are a backsaver too, aren't they?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, ours aren't super high up or anything, but it's, it, it's definitely nice to have it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my wife is the main botanist. She kind of plans out the garden plans. What we're going to do keeps track of the crop rotation as far as mm-hmm. nitrogen fixing and all that kind of stuff. What, mm-hmm. what needs it, what replenishes it, all that. Um, and uh so that like a lot of the early in the year stuff is her she does a lot of the planting and everything and then later on in the year um when it comes time to harvest a lot of the canning and processing stuff is what i end up doing um because at that point she's put lots of work into the garden, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, "All right, we put all this work in; we got to do something with it." <laughs>
1: yeah, that's it. Follow up. Yeah, it's all about the planning, isn't it? Really, um, that's something that I kind of fall down on with <laughs> with my own thing. planning, is a bit of an art form in itself, really.
0: Discipline. Yeah, yeah, it is, and I'm I'm not great at that either, to be honest.
1: We're creatives. We shouldn't. Well, so is she. (laughs) So there's no excuse. (laughs) That's it. It's about just keeping on top of. uh... So you do you? Are you in a an area where it snows in winter and it gets that cold? Or yeah, yeah, right.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, it doesn't always snow a lot in winter. Um, Mm -hmm. we don't typically have a deep freeze for more than a couple weeks or so. Um, but. It's uh so it's zone six gardening, if that means anything to the international listeners. Um, and that means it definitely goes into single digits Fahrenheit, um, well below freezing
1: in the right, winter time, okay.
0: yep. um, on, on a yearly basis. And a lot of the winter, it kind of fluctuates back and forth between freezing and not freezing just with the sun.
1: Mm -hmm. Do you guys save your own seeds or do you keep like generations of things going that in that sense?
0: Yep. Yep. We do. (laughs) We've got a lot of, a lot of seeds. Um, my wife has whole, I guess you'd call them like organizers, like plastic, bins with dividers and everything for yep. different categories of seeds and envelopes and all that um yep. yeah we've got many generations of seeds and um everything from just this past years to probably 10 years ago
1: <laughs> so do you happen, happen to know how long well i suppose it varies between species but how how long can you generally hold on to your seeds before you start noticing a a lack of germination
0: the the virility over the years is very much dependent on the species um yeah okay something like peppers are only going to last a year or two but other things um i don't know beans probably honestly i'm not the the pro on this but there are things that'll last for decades even though some things like i said peppers are not going to last more than two or three years at the most.
1: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it seems to average. That's what I've found too. I'm still figuring this out myself because I'm in a totally different, different um, zone now to where I, we were oh. growing things before. Cause Tasmania yeah. is a very cool zone and I'm in sub subtropical tropical now. So I'm kind of learning a lot of it again <laughs> from scratch. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm finding yeah, after maybe probably three years that it's uh yeah you really notice it oh these aren't germinating at all damn it that's uh, funny
0: i i think of tasmania as being so tropical and i guess that's just totally a misconception huh
1: (laughs) yeah no that's um it's the closest thing to antarctica as far as australia goes it's not all that far oh wow huh yeah um but uh don't i mean don't get me wrong it can get extremely hot there too i remember um we had the well, the, we call them grow tunnels. I don't know what you guys call them, but you know the half round, yeah, covered in mean. plastic type it's things, big
0: greenhouse kind of things. Yeah,
1: yeah. And we had, well, I think it was three or four of them, um, about forty foot long each one. And uh, you know, we'd we'd be in there and uh, it'd be like a freezing cold, or you know, a a warmish day on the outside, but generally there was quite a chilly wind blowing. So it'd be sort of like you know, coats on, coats off, coats on, and then you go inside those things and work, and it'd be like. I remember it getting up to about 60 degrees on a particular in the middle of summer it was just ridiculous uh, 60 degrees celsius okay so that's oh, okay yeah <laughs> let me let me just uh, i think that's about probably around 100. It? double it and add 30 i think is the general thing so it must be about 130 fahrenheit would that sound about right oh wow that's pretty sunny. hot that's, that's, that's pretty really hot. hot no actually no sorry i'm lying it was 50 i'm sorry not 60 that's ridiculous Uh, so yeah, anyway, it was, it was bloody hot and, um, so you'd be sweating and then you come out and a cold breeze, you know, (laughs) so, so yeah, they, they make a big difference. They're definitely worth having. If anybody uh, is thinking about putting one in, I highly recommend it. Um, it certainly opens your scope to what you can, what you can grow, doesn't it? Your varieties.
0: Yeah. I wish we'd, I, I don't, I have not messed around with those a whole lot, but I think it's, um. Yeah, it it definitely makes a difference having that layer of protection um i want to say it's one grow zone or i i i'm talking out of my butt right now i'm not sure about that but like it does make a difference as far as your longevity of season and everything
1: oh definitely yep absolutely does and and also just you can sometimes sneak in things that you would never be able to grow in that zone. I mean, not, not always with huge amounts of success, but it's worth dabbling. Yeah, I mean, it's great greenhouse really. It's, it's just a greenhouse. It just happens to be curved really.
0: I suppose. Yeah, yeah, for sure. uh,
1: So another thing, one of, one of the other things that we have in common is music. You're a, you're a music creator, musician, would you say?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, Huh. Musician is a tough term because I'm a terrible musician, but I'm a musical artist anyway. Um, I like to I like to create things through the medium of music, and I like to help other people do that as well. Um, I've always been a pretty uh, mediocre at best <laughs> performer, and you know, uh, actual musician. I work, I work better in a studio than in a live, uh, setting, put it that way.
1: (laughs) It's so funny to hear you stumbling through that because I, I can so relate to that. It took me years and years to, in my head, feel like I earned the right to say I'm a musician because, you know, it was sort of like, well, I'm not really technically I don't read music you know I'm not I'm not all that I I never thought that I was you know that great (laughs) as far as playing goes you know considering how many years I've been playing it's like I should be better but um yeah it's funny it's sort of it's almost like a badge of honor that we uh we do hold in fairly high regard whereas you know I mean a lot of people it's a lot looser now that term like um the folks that do the DJing and pressing the right. buttons and sort of doing all that yeah they, they, uh, consider they consider themselves musicians. musicians. <laughs> 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 so, okay, buddy. Anyway, so it's uh it's all changed, but what do you, do you play? What, what's your instrument of choice or is there many or?
0: I, I started out on drums and I would say that's the main instrument that I've played when I have been in bands and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. That's generally what I play. Right. Um, but I creating all my own music i play guitar i play keyboards i play saxophone not Ooh, really okay. I'm, I'm terrible at saxophone i can't actually oh, I'm sure you better than
1: me but
0: once <laughs> here and there if you hit record and let it go for long enough you can hit a couple notes and then yeah. mix it into something <laughs>
1: yeah sample that
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah um so that's that's kind of what i do like i'll mess around with anything and um I, I enjoy playing bass and guitar, but I'm certainly not great at them, you know, and, and drums, I'm pretty comfortable on, but at the same time, I'm not great at that either. And whenever someone tells me to play this kind of thing or that, I'm like, what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or, or I'll try to do it and I'll stumble through it and they'll be like, that's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: That, uh, it's more of a feel player than I'm, I'm sort of guessing.
0: Yeah. 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 A nicer um, way to be really. I've never been great at like learning someone else's songs and doing it perfectly like them. I'm, I'm not, uh, I have my own, I, I play to the beat of my own drum. Let's put it that way.
1: Yep. Okay. More of an <laughs> autonomous. Yep. Well, I've heard some of your music and what, what's the name of your website? So that if anyone wants to listen to your music, which I'm sure they will. How the do Bear they do snare that? Dot com. Ah oh, right, okay. The bear snare, the bear snare. Yep. Yeah. Excellent. And you've got a few tracks on there, and you're, you you churn them out of fairly regular basis. Um, you seem to have new albums coming out. Well, not every time I speak to you, but you've had a couple since
0: I've gotten to know you. I've got a lot of back material too. So some of it's new stuff, and some of it's old stuff, and and I just kind of try to keep it present somehow with all the evolving technology and stuff, I'm I'm slowly releasing stuff over time. And, um, yeah, I, I, I really like the process of creation. So when I come out with something that is worth releasing, I'll release it. But, uh, also I'll sometimes just find these old lost songs and put them out too, you know?
1: Hmm. Yeah. It's funny how you can go back through your old inventory, I suppose. And go. Oh yeah, forgotten about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh <laughs> might, yeah, might come
1: in handy now, or even just <laughs> taking sections out of it sometimes, or even just ideas. Yeah, it's awesome. So, um, you, what kind of like without getting too technical and boring the listeners too much, just we quickly run over what kind of setup do you use as far as recording goes? Are you, you in a studio? Um, how how extravagant is your setup? Are, are you mainly on a computer, or do you have much outboard gear?
0: it's definitely not extravagant um i have a focusrite uh sapphire it's like a it's got eight audio inputs it's called 16 cuz they always double it whatever mm-hmm. um <laughs> but really it's eight and so that's my audio interface like a lot of podcasters have a podcasting audio interface that has like a USB port and maybe one or two audio tracks. Yep. Um, so this one has more than that. And here at home, I've got like a few guitars and a guitar amp and a keyboard that actually has, it's like an, it's a digital synth, but it's an analog style digital synth. So I yeah. can use that for either MIDI or as an actual synth. Okay. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've got like a 42 inch monitor, I'm working off of a Mac mini that has just many wires going to many drives. So Mm -hmm. there's like a bit of a rat's nest of wires for sure. Um, (laughs) as far as that goes, it's definitely a music studio, um, (laughs) spaghetti factory. If you're watching the video, I've got some sound treatment, but it is also like a little man cave. So for drums, um, unless I'm picking up like one drum here and there, I've got some percussion toys up here and stuff. But if I want to record drum set, I'm going to go to my brother's or my friend Glenn's and record in their studios and then Mm -hmm. send it back here and I'll mix it here kind of thing. And um, those are guys who I also play music with and we record stuff together too. So it's, it's fun. We've got a nice whole music studio between all of us kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Right. Just in different places. Some of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I do have a drum set. It's just at my brother's. So that's where I would go to play my own drum set and record it.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. I love that you use I love that you use the, uh, organic analog drum kit still.
0: That's <laughs> a point of, well, we don't like that word pride so much, but it is something that I try to do a lot. And I've certainly done lots of music with just regular digital drums, but there's something about, um, plucking the actual string or hitting the actual skin hmm. that, um, makes it more real to me.
1: I think it's called uh, a human. <laughs> let's not let's not let them die out <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the human touch <laughs> it's going to become really novel one day people people are going to go ah, oh, is that a human playing that music wow yeah you know, maybe three or four generations down the track i don't know All my <laughs> we'll favorite come back into
0: are the bands that have some kind of roughness in their modern production where <laughs> it's like you can tell that they're still actually playing it
1: Oh yeah, I mean that's that's sort of the appeal of the the, the old music too, isn't it? I don't yeah. know if you listen to the '60s or oh, '70s yeah. even much, you know.
0: A lot of that is what I grew up on. Um, I grew up on oldies and gospel and classical and stuff like that, and um, nice. then got into new wave and grunge and. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I uh, I definitely have a place for those old. Those old stereo recordings where it was like all the drums and bass were on one side and then all the guitars and vocals were on the other. (laughs) Like some of those songs were very formative to me. And then someone like Pink Floyd or the Beatles comes in. Apparently Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon was recorded on like a four track and they would record four tracks and then bounce them into one and then
1: three
0: tracks and bounce them into another and then record two, like, it is amazing the amount of commitment that must have taken and how well that album is produced. It's just incredible.
1: I know it's a, it's a force. Yeah. Um, I think uh, you end up with 10 tracks by the time you've bounced four as much as you possibly can, but boy, that's a commitment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It
0: really is.
1: I have no doubt they probably ran extra like, you know, separate. I I should look, I should know this, but you know, I, I never really look into the background that much. I just enjoy the music, but, um, I have no doubt they would have run, you know, safety reels. I mean, there was, uh, who was it used to do this? I don't think it was Warhol, one of the producers might have even been Floyd's producer. They they'd just constantly run a recording, you know, a reel recording everything in a studio from the beginning, you know, from the moment people walked in, just the like have a mic in the room, just the atmosphere, because it would be very often that a musician would come in to the control room um, as opposed to the recording space. And they'd, you know, be flanging away on a guitar or a bass or whatever and just, you know, warming up, warming up their fingers, whatever. And they'd just get onto something and the engineer or the, you know, another band member would turn out and go, what the hell was that you just played? We've got to use that, you know, and be like, oh, I don't know. I can't remember. So, yeah, it was it was a good thing to sort of run a tape all the time. And it was tape back then. real to real, One inch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pick up, picking up all those things, which is, oh, I'd love to. to get hold of some of those tapes and have a listen to the just the sessions themselves of some of the old bands that'd be awesome right creative process yeah
0: yeah it's amazing how much of that footage there is around when you start to watch documentaries and stuff um it's like who thinks to just have this camera running during this time in the studio you know like why why do they have cameramen here and i I guess there's a reason because the record industry figured out a long time ago that <laughs> just record everything and <laughs> you'll come up with some gold right yeah and you can always you know whack
1: a quick documentary together too and
0: yeah yeah do well, that so you know i like the band mastodon um and they seem to have documentation of the making of like all their albums nice it's nice. pretty incredible how far back they started doing this and it's cool and entertaining and they're funny and blah 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 blah, blah. and yeah. it's it's uh it's it's really uh i don't know I, I i sometimes think that how would you perform when you know that there's cameras on you like this whole time mm. <laughs> and you're well, i think you're, you're doing your final take with cameras on you <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know
1: the red light fever right mm. yeah <laughs> If anyone doesn't know what that is, that's when you press the record button and suddenly you freeze and you don't play as limber and, and, uh, lubricated as you did when the record button wasn't on.
0: It's <laughs> so like, I, oh no, it's just, it's weird, isn't it? I've, I've messed up some WTF forum intros. <laughs> just cause like something, something happens where I'm like, I know exactly what I'm going to say. And then I'm, I somehow stumble. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, it's very strange it's amazing that you know the power of the mind isn't it
0: yeah mm. yeah and i'm not like I, I don't generally have like a camera fright kind of thing but mm. but sometimes when you're first like there is a little bit there for sure yeah
1: i think uh yeah if you if it's sort of happening all the time you just you tend to forget about it i guess um you know i often think about that about those reality shows or <laughs> reality and yeah, comment um <clears throat> how how can they just live their life when they know they're constantly being filmed? And I'm not saying that any of it's legit, but there must be times when they just, yeah, they they do actually fall into themselves and kind of forget the cameras are there. I guess that's what they're hoping for. That kind of gold of people actually being who they are. Right. Thinking of like the uh, Ozzy Osborne's family and <laughs> as I'm saying that.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. And I guess if you're a band who's used to playing on stage all the time, you're it doesn't make that big of a difference. Yeah, true. True. Yeah. Yeah. You just become focused. It's just
1: normal. Yeah. Right. But uh, speaking of the WTF forum, the Easy Peasy podcast, we um have just recently worked together, actually, haven't we? Um, with with Phytophiliac. Shout out to Phyto. Yeah. Lovely lady. And uh, we're coming up with a new theme for that, which is going to be pretty exciting. And I just love that. That's that's a great thing about the online life or the online world, um, since whenever the internet started, 80s or whatever, whenever they gave it to us to play with their version, um, it really opened up the scope to be able to work with musicians outside of within one room, didn't it? So that's what we're doing at the moment.
0: Yeah. You know, the uh, the Postal Service album, when they sent stuff through the Postal Service to each other, it's like <laughs> yeah. the new... It, it's the same kind of thing where we can be on different continents and work on the same piece of music and it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. As I've mentioned before, I sort of worked with someone in Sydney a bit and now I've worked with you guys, which is just, it's great. It really, you know, I mean, you may as well be in the same room really with technology, the way it is now. You can instantly give feedback and yeah, do it within a few minutes and it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, um, where are you uh you do a little bit of did i hear you say you did a little bit of mastering and and work for was it movies movie themes or something
0: yeah i've been working for the last few years i help um stateless productions or decentralized film.com is the mm-hmm. website you should go to um or stateless film.com but yeah decentralized film um they put out the monopoly on violence and overpoliced documentaries. And this is part of Pete Q's crowd. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, I'm, I'm sort of like, I sort of stumbled my way into that because they put out their first documentary and there were some sound issues. And my wife and I watched it, and I said, hey, I could make this better. (laughs) And it was an awesome documentary. And so I reached out to them and said, hey, I could fix these issues for you. And Pete got back to me and was like, that would be awesome. So voila, I I started doing some mixing and mastering kind of stuff for them. And it's very different for me because I've come from the music side of things and so priorities are different as far as a film goes you want to be able to hear the dialogue and the music is sort of background you know Mm, mm. um but it's been cool working with them and and sort of being on the back end of just like a production that involves a ton of people and there there can be so much messiness you know as as we've okay. discovered with doing this intro thing and stuff you know there, there can be messiness on the back end and yet it's all kind of a group effort that we get together on and and like make it happen anyway you know
1: yeah some of it <clears throat> some excuse me some of it is about um problem solving and just yeah. working things out it's part of part of the construction really it's they're not really a hassle they're just part of it so, uh, yeah. So, um, oh, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, it, it is interesting, isn't it, how, like you were saying, it doing soundtrack work is, well, people don't really, I guess, understand how much goes into it in, in a lot of senses that watch movies because there is quite an art to having the right volumes at the right time. And the other thing is, uh, the output, when you're outputting a file, um, if you don't do it correctly, it can really screw with the levels as well. It can like sort of bring things up that you didn't really want to be brought up. Um, and additionally, even going to things like an MP3 can really change the sound quite significantly. So, um, it's a lot of experience, isn't it? To be able to sort of foresee and, and accommodate those particular things too, would you say?
0: Uh, um, probably, but even though I know what you just said is true, I'm not great at accounting for those <laughs> factors, I'll admit.
1: <laughs> oh, no, it's, all, it's all experience, isn't it? And you don't know what someone else is going to do when it's out of your hands.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, if I send off a mix, it's going to be an MP3 because it's, like, quicker and easier, not yeah, because it's, it's like yeah yeah exactly not because it's the final thing but like give this a listen like and, and i can send it through like an instant messenger
1: <laughs> yeah and that's what it's generally going to end up as anyway isn't it so I mean, we, right, go through, yeah. we, we go to so much effort to make everything sound but, great and then people listen to it on an mp3 but god <laughs> forbid
0: that file ends up becoming one of the masters that people do subsequent work to and then that's mm. not a great thing because yeah then then you're dealing with some serious degradation of quality
1: Mm. that's the thing isn't it once something's out now it's just it's irretrievable you just once it's online (laughs) kiss (laughs) a good guy you know
0: it's like uh it's like we don't even need a fed in the group anymore we can just be all our own, own feds because we're on these devices right like we're our own informants pretty much even using VPNs and blah, blah, blah. We're on these platforms. It's like, we just, it's it's all out there, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, personally, I mean, I don't fully understand it, but from what I can gather in the, in a very general sense, I think VPNs are a bit of a false sense of security in one sense. And, you know, they, they're sort of targeting them in a little, I have heard whispers of, you know, we're coming after the people with VPNs first. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay, whatever. But, um, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it's going to be more of a slow degradation of life <laughs> for a little well, while. Well, yeah, get that's, better again.
0: I think that's clearly the goal. Um, I think of VPNs as something like, ah, hey, maybe it's a little trip in the easy path for them to just like come get all our info. You know, like if, if we make their job a little harder on them, it can't yeah. hurt, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah. And I think they're full of threats, you know, sort of yeah, threatening yeah. things and people get immediately worried about, Ooh, I, don't know if I'm... I mean, I know I'm not excluding myself from that either. It's sort of like, oh. I don't really bother with a VPN in the sense that I just figure if they want to figure stuff out, they can. Cause I think the internet that they've given us is, you know, it's fully, fully controlled and more and more all the time, but it was always intended to be that way. So I don't, think for a moment that they don't have control of pretty much everything, um, or can get control of, you know, if they, as, you know, if they can't harness it, they'll kill it sort of thing. So,
0: so I don't, I don't know if this is a topic of interest for you, but how do you think about that regarding Bitcoin and, or other cryptos?
1: I personally haven't gotten into cryptocurrency because I think a lot – there's a lot in a name, you know, the crypto sort of I, – I don't know. I I have seen it – I do kind of see it as it, it's a cashless society <laughs> in itself. So I do wonder if it's sort of a little bit of a, a honey trap in one way or just a – I mean, I'm not – I see it as an alternative and I don't fully understand it. So I, I really probably shouldn't talk about it at all. But my personal impression, my opinion is that, um, it's just another form of cashless society really. And we don't really know. I mean, it, it's extraordinary that nobody really knows where Bitcoin originated from. There's that story about, you know, whatever his name is, the Japanese dude that Satoshi came up with Nakamoto. It. Yeah. Yeah. I don't buy that one. <laughs> a, I think it might be something like Unit 8200 in Israel or something. Who knows? But um, it's just something that it's sort of like, well, if you don't know the origin, why is why are you, you got so much confidence in it? You know, um, I'd want to sort of know who, who came up with it fully, like understand who came up with it, where it came from. But then again, we've done the same with money, haven't we? Uh, it's only now that people are starting to realize that the true nature of the federal reserve and the birth of it and what it really meant and the fact that it's not a government everyone thought the federal reserve was a government bank for a long time and it's only right. been fairly recently that the masses have found out it's actually a fully private um, autonomous thing that runs the world <laughs> so yeah yeah it's
0: know. a it's what a nasty think? thing they set up um about the crypto and bitcoin and all that i i've I've gone through a number of different viewpoints on this um within my own exploring it I guess um and I think there's something to bitcoin um a lot of people who were i assume smarter than me <laughs> have um, gone through you know, the white paper and the code and everything and been like, there, there is no way you could like guess someone's wallet based on these phrase, this, the way the seed phrases are set up and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I do think with like you were saying with the, the whole internet being controlled, maybe with, um, uh, what's it called? Key, uh, key trapping not key trapping but like you know how they can capture your keys um well that kind of stuff like there are definitely ways that um someone could hack a bitcoin wallet um i think i think it's better well only only through hacking people individuals by their whatever weaknesses of their practices are being taken and that's the thing um So I like it. I've got some eggs in that basket. I've also, I've gotten into some privacy coins and stuff and I'm not sure what to think about them because I simply don't understand what the layers are that they're putting on top of them that make them so much more private. I know Monero, which is the most um, popular privacy coin is based on Ethereum, which makes me, Automatically kind of not a fan because I think Ethereum itself is something that does not by nature have a decentralized um, blockchain, which is what Bitcoin has, where like all the computers around the world have to approve each transaction. Yeah. So like you can't change that base code because you'd have to hack all the computers around the world that have the Bitcoin blockchain running on them, all the nodes um with ethereum they actually changed the code at some point not that long ago and that that was kind of a weird thing they went from like ethereum one through ethereum two or some shit like that Mm -hmm. and that makes me think oh well if they can do that to ethereum and monero's based on ethereum then maybe they can do that to monero too you know like and that means it's centralized and that means they could just add more Probably. So I think a lot of cryptos are totally, totally just scams. Um, and yeah, I think there's more real things in this world than any kind of digital currency for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think that because the, the digital world is such a big part of our world, that doesn't mean you should necessarily just write it off, but, um, yeah, uh, I think things like tools and skills and and real world stuff are way more important <laughs> than yeah. any kind of cryptocurrency.
1: That's what worries me a little bit or concerns me about crypto is the fact that when it's offered from some source that we don't personally know, you know, whether it be Hashimoto or whatever his name is. Um, or, you know, Klaus Schwab, <laughs> whomever. It's the thing that, you know, it, it might look really awesome to start with. And, of course, it you know, it's like, what I say, throwing out burly. I, I, apparently, you, you guys don't know what burly is. It's stuff you throw out when you go fishing to sort of attract fish, like, you know, meat and blood oh, okay. and bone and stuff like chum. that. Chum. Okay, yeah, chum. See, chum's dog food, really. really. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, so burly. So it's like throwing out chum. Um, I just think... Uh, you just don't know what they're going to do down the track you know I mean my ex who was pretty cluey about a lot of stuff he used to say it I guarantee you know all this free stuff in in a few years and this is you know going back about 20 years now well almost um this stuff's not going to be free forever they're going to start charging for this and that and it's like ah, oh, yeah probably maybe and then of course yeah sure enough it all happened you know it's like They bring people in and people get really used to and to the point of relying on things and then boom (laughs) okay you can't have it free anymore suckers so uh... you
0: you know what i think that's what the natural gas scam is at least here in america Mm -hmm. um they're putting in pipelines everywhere so like all the towns have these pipelines go into everyone's furnace so they can get natural gas and it's super cheap Mm -hmm. and once everyone's tied into the grid they're gonna just boost that price so high. Oh, it sounds like Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So is that is that a new thing for you guys, natural gas? Is that fairly recent to be going um, to like each household? When I become, say recent, you know, in the last it's decade like or so.
0: Twenty years, I guess. Okay. So it's it's been coming in. Oh, uh so it's it's still not super up. New. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, well that that's that's exactly right. And um privatisation has sort of been a bit of a problem With uh, as soon as that happened. Uh, we were warned, you know, many people warned Australia, particularly uh, I suppose other countries involved as well, but many people said don't privatise, you know. I remember seeing a, a travelling travelling musician by the name of Bob Brosman. Um, if anybody knows Bob Brosman, I can guarantee they've got a little smirk on their face right now. <laughs> He's an awesome entertainer and quite a funny guy. It's almost like a, a Groucho Marx on guitar sort of that's a really rough, <laughs> rough description but uh i remember yeah halfway through a song he just threw in this line it was like don't privatize you know It was like a lot of people probably didn't catch that but he was really he was really trying to you know and he did talk about it in between his songs it's like don't let them privatize your power and stuff like that and sure enough you know of course i mean how do you stop that happening how do you stop it how do you right. stop these wind turbines going in what do you do?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Really? Like that's that's one of the biggest questions in my life. Is you know how much should I be trying to stop this versus how much should I be trying to like ignore it and build the life I want to anyway? You know. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, where do you st- where, do you go and chain yourself to a tree? Do you you know do you stand <laughs> in front of a bulldozer? Yeah. Right. <laughs> not sure what happened to that fella in Tiananmen Square, but uh, <laughs> the shopping yeah, and, bags.
0: And there's many levels of that, you know, you start making phone calls, sending emails, you know, you've got like a phone number and an email address that are tied to you that... Um, yeah, exactly. You're, you're uh, making waves.
1: Yep. Yep. Putting yourself in the spotlight. I know that's, that's sort of the big thing that I, you know, like now now to go to one of the local council meetings, you have to actually reserve, you know, put your name in, like, oh, you know, let us know that you're coming sort of thing. It's like, well, no, what happened to the days where you could just walk in, you know, and just be there because you're part of the community and it's a public open right. meeting. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that's that is, that's a,
0: that's, a, yeah, that's a pretty dystopian little angle to a public meeting, huh? It's not very public, is it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's some places that only hold the public meetings online now, but they, they still qualify them as public because you can partake as long as you give us your details you know <laughs> yeah, yeah right huh So yeah it's a it's a hard one I think uh, it really comes down to looking after yourself and your own backyard and your own family and doing what you can to be as as we've said as nauseam ad nauseam um, as off the system as you possibly can you can never be a hundred percent off but um, just as autonomous as possible, and uh, yeah, I'm very much a, an advocate. And even though I still haven't done it, but that's on the cards. I'm kind of waiting for a road trip to go and purchase some metals. Uh, I don't know if it's the same over there, but you can only purchase you can only purchase four thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars worth of metal um, without you know making having to. You oh, can, you a know, make record of it sort of thing. Yeah, so uh, that's per day. But um, apparently if you, we, we haven't, I haven't got any like, I don't know what you call them, exchanges where you go and purchase the, the mints. Um, really? I haven't got any nearby me. So it's a bit of a road trip I'm going to do with, with one of my girlfriends. Um, and if you walk in in person, you can be anonymous and just purchase $4,999 worth with no record. And then, so we've got, we're planning to sort of stay for about a week and do it, you know, every nice. day for nice. seven that's, days or something.
0: That's a perfect plan. That sounds like a really awesome plan.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I bet you anything, there's probably cameras in that place. So yeah. It's not going to be really that yeah.
0: anonymous, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Wear an eye patch, you know, put a fake beard on. I don't know. Honestly,
0: really. I've, I've bought most of mine online and it's right. been delivered to my door. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, what are you supposed to do? I mean, like covert operations where you put mud on your face. and <laughs> Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Crazy. At some point, you're more likely to get the uh, feds after you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. I suppose you could dress as a woman, but I mean, you'd have to shave, but. <laughs> or maybe I mean, not. would I? I could just claim no. it. Yeah. <laughs> just, just own it, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yes, yes. I mean, there's there's a there's a fair amount of Italian grandmothers who would say, "No, it's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Facial hair, it's fine." <laughs> uh, it's pretty crazy times, isn't it? <laughs> Talking like this, jeez. So, where do you think? Uh, where do you think it's heading? Uh, I tend to think it's not going to be a sort of a big crash, bang, catastrophe type. I think it's going to be more the slow. The slow boil, you know, things gradually come in as they're telling us it's going to be a big crash. So everyone's waiting for this thing to happen while they're slowly bringing it in under the underneath that we don't really notice. And we're just taking on the things ourselves voluntarily as they've predicted that we're going to do and asking for things, even like, yeah, you know, govern government or more rules or what have you.
0: Yeah. You know, the longer I live, the more I realize that they want to keep us in this state of urgency and Mm -hmm. um and yet the more things change the more they stay the same and all that (laughs) um and it's like yeah there's there's obviously a lot of debts to be paid and all that but they can keep kicking it down the road for a long time and in some ways it's not worth concentrating on and in some ways it's worth considering the fact that at any moment they could just like come to your door and end you so what are you going to do about that you want to be um you want to make right with your god i guess be comfortable with who you are not be afraid of whatever comes next you know and um just uh try to make the right decisions as they come your way you know that's i guess sometimes it's not often that real choices come your way to do the right thing but once in a while they do and try to do the right thing when the when those like decisions come your way you know
1: yeah i think you really nailed it there um get right with your god because i think eventually i mean when i say they're not going to do the crash tackle they did they did the crash tackle we've been through it you know they it, some some people went through it literally being crash tackled, you know, head smashing on the ground from police and all that sort of yeah, thing. that yeah. that was the crash tackle. There's that, a lot
0: of that going on.
1: Yeah, that was uh, well, there's still things going on now, but that that was you know the worldwide crash tackle was like okay, crunch. Um, I don't know how much they're going to do that ever again because that must have been an incredibly difficult thing to coordinate globally. Um, I don't know if they've still got puff lift in them to do another one, maybe. Um, that is a good question <laughs> I, th- I just feel like they needed to do that so that it's in our minds we know that it's possible uh but of course since then a lot more people have woken up so they have to deal with that um it's going to be a little bit harder there are people that are prepared to in fact i was just i saw something this morning about one of the towns gosh what was it maybe minnesota i'm not sure had started some kind of militia group i i I didn't read about it, but, uh, you know, going by the picture, uh, it looked like maybe there's a few groups starting to form, which, you know, hopefully. Um, I hear a lot of talk about, you know, we're going to have to start doing this and start doing that. And it's like, okay, we'll start. <laughs> you know, like, when do you start? What's the bit that's going to trigger that? Um, because it is such a slow creep, isn't it? I think they've done the crash tackle. Now we're wait- sort of waiting for another one. We're in this state of... Like you said, um, well, we're, st- we're in a state of fear in one sense or anticipation. It's very hard to plan something. Um, you know, I mean, I'd like to make a trip to WA on the other side of the country to see my, my son, but there's sort of talk about, you know, there was talk about bringing all these things back in and masks were coming back into hospitals and all this stuff. And
0: I'm thinking, I'm going to
1: make that booking and then I'm not going to be able to do it. know. so there's this constant, oh, you just can't plan. You can't feel secure.
0: Yeah, I got to admit, I've been reticent to make any plans involving flight and flight is something I've done pretty comfortably for a long time. And yet it's kind of (laughs) like, I keep expecting things to be bad, but then I listen to podcasts and talk to friends and everyone's taking flights and it's all fine. And it's like, okay, so there are some nasty things going on around flight, but i could still make plans and they might work out yeah <laughs> you know? it's just
1: it's just the unsettling sort yeah, of the side of it. yeah I think
0: there's that there's that part of it where it's like i don't really i don't know how it's gonna be you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: yeah which is exactly where they want us just to be yeah not solid not secure
0: um, well and you know what's a funny what's a funny angle about like all this sustainability stuff um they want to push us into, like, this local 15-minute cities and stuff where it's a prison. But the funny thing is, like, that is sort of where the most sustainable uh, eco... I don't know. <laughs> your, your most sustainable, like, way of living is within 15 minutes of yourself, you know? Um, it's not taking flights across continents and everything um and so like i see that side of it and yet there's so there's like a utopian and a dystopian side of it Mm. because Mm. there's like the imprisonment side and there's also the this is the way the mennonites have just lived for a long time and that's like how they found their freedom
1: it's uh, it's actually the way I've lived for a long time too. So I'm not, I'm not going to notice a whole lot of difference if I'm shoved into a 15-minute city because I don't really travel that far out of my 15-minute zone as it is. But the point being, the choice is removed. So I think that's yeah, that's the yeah. prison, you know. But I, I sort is. of feel like we're kind of, we're sort of kind of in a little bit of a self-built prison in a way because, like, if you want to look at how we've been taken over by technology and, you know, the black mirrors of our devices, et cetera. I feel like we're sort of, we're already doing a lot of the things we're fearing, but we're just not realising it, you know, we have voluntarily put ourselves into these situations and uh, I mean, you look at the, the social impact of, of social media, particularly on the young, um, you know, we're sort of smart enough to be able to go, hey my days disappearing. I'm going to put this damn thing down go and do something. Whereas the young are just like constantly, 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 it's their whole life. You know, they're sitting in a room I mean, it's been, it's been said to death, but really, really are seeing the consequences of this now. I mean, some of these entrepreneurs have built their whole life around being online. And if they're not online and suddenly something unplugs, what are they going to do? they're just not going to know what to do with themselves. They don't hmm. know how to go out and grow a cucumber or, you know, kill a rabbit, whatever. Um, so in that sense, there's sort of a little bit of a prison happening already. It's just a social one, without bars, so much that we can see. Anyway, that's yeah, just my take yeah. on it.
0: No, that's true. I mean, just and everybody not, else, <laughs> a um, lot of other people. I, the way the modern education system is set up, it doesn't educate people to actually know how to survive, and um, it it sort of streamlines people into one uh, profession, which is probably online marketing
1: (laughs) you know yeah or coding yeah yeah Yeah, and uh, there's a
0: whole lot more to life than that (laughs) my mother taught me how to balance the checkbook and even though it's been a long time since i balanced the checkbook technically speaking it's a really good skill to have you know
1: yep yep they're certainly not going to teach us those practical skills I don't know. Yeah. I can't. I can only imagine what the school curriculum is now. I'd hate to think because it was pretty useless when I was at school. But uh...
0: well, yeah, the stuff we've talked about, like gardening and like all the all all the stuff that you can actually do to survive and thrive, so so little of that comes through the schools at all. It's more just indoctrination to some to this religion versus that religion. I mean, math is pretty important and.
1: Uh, that's why they're trying to tell us two plus two is five because they know it's important so they're going to screw it all (laughs) up for us
0: (laughs) where do i go from math history's fake (laughs) religion's fake what else do they teach us (laughs) i mean fiction's fiction and writing are important (laughs) even some of that's fake isn't it but uh... well yeah lots of it's fake but at least in in if you're assuming it's fiction, then it doesn't have the same sort of, uh, divinity of culture that, um, history has.
1: Yes. And it's all so unprovable. I mean, even, you know, they say that the only way you can really get a sense of some kind of truth is to read really old books. If you can get hold of them, which, you know, is fairly hard to, because any decent truths have probably been destroyed along the way or under the Vatican, or somewhere else, I don't know. Under the Rothschild estate, <laughs> or something. Who knows where the tunnels lead? They all link up eventually. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I think uh, this day and age, we just got to, yeah, try to be as practical as possible. Try to try to imagine what life would be like if the power switch was, like, the big power switch, big power, was uh, turned off. How would we survive? You know. I mean, I've said before. I think it was maybe talking to Og ideally people sort of turn the power off for a weekend or, or a week or something like that. And, uh, just see how they go because that's when you're going to figure out what you need. You know, it's like, Oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, I better get more candles. Oh, I better do this, you know, stock up on matches or whatever. Um, that, Stella, that was you and me. Problem. Oh, and, that was you and me. Okay. Yes. Yes. Sorry. So, and, so many pods. Yeah, today. And I, agree, <laughs>
0: and I still haven't actually done it.
1: <laughs> oh, no, the revival. <laughs> talking out my butt but uh, you know i do plan to at some point it's it's hard when it involves other people unless they're fully on board yeah um no i don't really particularly want to put my mother through that (laughs) because she's pretty chilled about it all she's just waiting for jesus just like monica perez's mother
0: (laughs) yeah you know that's that's kind of where my mom's at i think like she's she's not interested in fighting the machine she's interested in just being right with jesus and yeah um you know she's at the point in her life where it's more worth finding meaning in her life than it is fighting the machine yeah I and the funny thing that. is
1: absolutely and we should listen to our mothers more um <laughs> but uh yeah yeah they seem pretty chilled about it all they've, they've seemed to have it sorted um i do wonder what it's like sort of at, at the other end of life you know when you've sort of you got more behind you than you've got ahead of you. It's pretty hard to imagine unless you're there, I think, and hard to understand. But
0: I'm just like I'm. I'm right about. Yeah, I, th- I think that's about. <laughs> I'm 40 years old, so. Yeah,
1: pretty much in the middle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's about time hopefully, for a crisis. A bit before. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> you have to get yourself a red sports car. <laughs> Let your hair fly in the wind.
0: I've been thinking about it for fifteen years, so
1: <laughs> around about forty five,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, turn the power switch off and it all goes away, really. Doesn't it? Sun still comes up, sun still goes down at this point. I wouldn't want to be in a city. I think that's fairly good advice that's been generally given in throughout the you know, our our community, our aware truth or whatever you want to call it community is. Try to get out of the cities if you possibly can, or further away as you can. That's probably not a bad idea. Yeah. not everyone can do that.
0: Especially the big ones.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, I think they're going to force a lot of people. Look at what's happening with New York. You know, just just people are leaving in droves. They've they've made it practically unlivable. I mean, why wouldn't you want to leave? Uh, I just wonder what they're going to do there. Um, Sort of reminds me of that movie, even though I... Not even sure if I've seen it, but I've seen, you know, I know enough about the Escape from New York um, or predictive programming.
0: That doesn't sound familiar. Is that no, a movie? I think it was, escape yeah, I think
1: it might have been about the 90s, perhaps. I, don't know. Uh, I really don't watch movies anymore. I used to, but um,
0: well, the predictive yeah, programming, there's still some people hanging on who are everything's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine <laughs> <laughs> living in New York, but. Um, I, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's probably not going to be good. I don't know what the next 10 years hold for those big cities, but <clears throat> I see yeah. a lot of desolation.
1: Yes. So that they can rebuild better. What does it build back better? Mm. If I hear that again, I'm going to shoot myself. <laughs>
0: it's a bunch of Potemkin villages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is we really, don't know where it's going to go. It's more economic stimulus.
1: <laughs> uh, it's pretty crazy, isn't it? It's just, uh, I think trying to make sense of it all is probably the downfall. Don't even bother trying to do that because they, they have inverted everything, including common sense.
0: So, For sure. Yeah, that's, that's very... Oh, man. Everyone who might be listening, they have inverted everything. <laughs> it's... Uh... It is unbelievable the extent to which they will go to continue their ridiculous, obviously fake narrative.
1: Isn't it? It's so obvious, but there's still some people who just refuse or just can't. I don't know. It's a spiritual blindness. I'm fairly certain. There's some who will never see, but uh, anyway, we can see it all. It's pretty plain. They're a bunch of clowns up on a stage following a script. Very plain yes. to see.
0: The emperor has no clothes.
1: 100%. So, I guess uh, we've pretty much covered most of what we need to do to save the world. Um, we'll save ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Always more that could be said. Uh, where can we find you, Bear? Well, I'm going to get you to give me all those links of everything that we uh, mentioned, including your wife's shops etc. People want to check out what you guys are up to and uh, what you're outputting into the world. I'm sure it's all wonderful stuff. Where can we find you?
0: Yeah, thanks. I am at thebearsnare.com and my wife is at ginsengalley.com. My friends hate freedom podcast is my podcast and hopefully you can find it everywhere. I've just switched hosts. So that might be a little complicated, but i think it's all good and mm-hmm. i also have music going on at ellen beats and all the podcasting 2.0 projects so check that out bear snare bear snare records etc etc just go to my website Bearsnare.com, and you can find me there
1: you're a pretty busy Led. and ginseng Ellie is A L L Y. is that correct or e-y a L L E Y. Okay, cool. Just want to uh, check on that. All right, excellent. You're definitely keeping busy and outputting some really good stuff. I've, I've loved working with you. It's. I hope that we get to do it more. We'd love to do that.
0: Yeah, it's been a fun conversation, and I appreciate having me on.
1: Yeah, no worries. Thanks for being here. All right. Well, uh, all the best for the future, and I'll see you in. Well, we'll chat again in a. Good a day? No, yes. Very soon. One day on uh, the Easy Peasy podcast, WTF Forum, with Mike and Nando and the gang. And uh, all the best to your wife from us. Well, thank you. Thanks for being here, Bear. Really appreciate it. And thanks to all the listeners for uh, listening. <laughs> it's novel. And, uh, yeah, please let us know what you thought um, of the show or if you want to check out Bear's stuff. Yeah. Um, be able to find his links in the show notes. And uh, thanks for being part of Union of the Unknowns. You can find us at unionoftheunknowns.com. That's our link tree with all the tentacles of contact there. And uh, we look forward to having you join us again. Take care, everybody. All the best. Bye.
0: Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks.